Hey, y'all. Welcome to the RSVP Show, where we get to the root of things and apply the Word of God to every aspect of our lives. Join your host, author and singer-songwriter April D. Metzler, as she and a few special guests dive deep into Scripture and demonstrate the Bible in action through their testimonies. April is passionate about understanding the heart behind every subject and helping you pursue a relationship with God for a victorious life every day. Are you ready for real, candid, and vulnerable conversations about God, His Word, and His love for you? Grab your Bible, pen, and study pad, and let's visit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the RSVP Show. I'm your host, April Metzler, and here with me today is a sister in Christ who is also a fellow writer at heart, and she has a lot of things going on, including her own podcast, a ministry, and she is the founder of her own writing and publishing services company, y'all. So I am so excited to have her here with me. Um, Denise Walker, welcome to the show, sis. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So before we start this broadcast, you guys know what time it is. We're going to pray over this broadcast and um, just invite Holy Spirit in to bless this conversation. So um, Denise, would you mind? Lord, we thank you, O oh God, for this opportunity. We thank you, Lord, that you will lead and guide us, O oh God, into your truth. And those that are listening, Lord, that they would hear something that would draw them and cause them to come to the hope um, that the only hope that we know um, that's truth. And we thank you, O oh God, for your just for your truth and your light in us, O oh God. And I pray for we pray, O oh God, for those who are listening, that something would cause them to be transformed um, as they surrender their hearts to you. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord God, and we praise you. Because you alone are worthy to be praised, God. We thank you and we we magnify your name in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Yeah, I could have amen. <laughs> Full agreement in Jesus' name. I was uh I was about to go into that like moment. We could have just stayed there. <laughs> that was that was so good. Um, glory to God. So on the word James, as the movie quote goes. Uh, so, <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about you? I am familiar with you and um, we connected quite some time ago, actually. Now, I don't even remember how long it's been ago, actually, but um, go ahead and share with everybody who you are, where you're from, what you do, all that jazz. So I'm... Um... Denise Walker, again, I am from originally born and raised in the state of Florida, and I live in Georgia now. I've been in Georgia for about 17 years. I, I think it's 17. Um, I'm an educator. I just started my 23rd year as an educator, and um, most of my career I've been teaching middle grades. That's the grace God gave me. Um, I'm, I'm an author. I've been writing since uh, I think it's 2015. And um, I also have a podcast, as April mentioned. Uh, my podcast is Hope in Christ with Denise. And also um, the other one that I'm bringing back out is called Building Literacy and True Identity. Um, and it has to do with um, the 
the literacy part of the word, making sure that we understand the word for ourselves so that our, we will know our true identity, which is in Christ Jesus. And I'm also, my business is on my quote, writing and publishing services. And um, I service children's book authors and Christian nonfiction authors. Um, with, through my business, I do copy editing, proofreading, and writing coaching, as well as publishing my own works. So that's um, a lot of services to offer for sure. And Lord knows that um, each one of us has a testimony. So if you're looking to get yours out there, definitely connect with Denise. She can hook you up. And she just has a heart for that. Not only just um, helping you write the book and, and the technical part of it, but I know you know, know that she has a heart for ministering through that process. It's a, it's a lot. It's difficult to get your testimony on the page, um, let alone actually get it structured, right? And something that someone would want to purchase and read. And so it's a process. It's a grueling process. It can be a long process. So for any authors that tune into this, what would um, some encouragement be for them in this season if they do have um, a story that they just they want to share with the world and make an impact for the gospel. Um, I would say whatever God has given us, given you to do, um, to do it. Even um, don't let the enemy tell you that um, there's so many authors like he did with me. There's so many people out here writing and um, and not dealing with fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So. Um, it took me years to obey God, and we have to obey what he's given us to do, and and he will do the rest. I, I always tell people that even if it's one person, um, we've obeyed God. So we reach one person with what he put in our hearts to do, then we've obeyed God. Mm. That's good. Well, and it, it brings about a little bit of the conversation that we were, you know, diving into tonight about trusting God's power and mm -hmm. not our own. Um, I know so many times that, you know, and, and this twofold, you know, we, we do the trusting, but um, we also have to, you know, do the obedience as well. So mm -hmm. when we lean into that and you're bringing up both of those points, so I'm excited to see where this conversation is going to go. <laughs> It's going to possibly go deep, y'all. You, you got to get your seatbelts on because this is going to be a ride. But uh, <laughs> so what in this season is God ministering to your heart on um, just personally in your walk right now? Well, um, one of the things God has given me even through um, just what I'm writing is to get one is to get back to trusting him and knowing that he still performs miracles. He is still God and there is no other. So um, that's one of the things he's placing on my heart that we um, just people that are seeking to know him, to get back to his word, get into his word, know who he is, know his power, his authority over the enemy. Know that um, just because we live in a certain culture now, um, God hasn't changed. The word says that he's um, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so he is still sitting on the throne. Nobody has dethroned him. Right. Um, so God is um, really speaking to my heart about trust, just um, continuing. That's the message of trusting him. And we won't be able to trust him if we don't know what the word says about him. And we don't understand who he is, his character, 
um, and his just his one and his love for us. And so um, I know when I began writing my last book, it was really, um, really on my heart to um, God said many wouldn't hear, many wouldn't receive the message of the story because many have lost their faith um, and trusting his power that he can do anything but fail. So that's one of the things that's been in my, really been in my spirit. Well, and I think, I think you make a very valid point. You know, it's, it's just the noise, you know, there's so mm -hmm. much noise out there. And if we're not actually investing that time, you know, before the word of God in all mm -hmm. due diligence, you know, doing our due diligence as, you know, um, brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, if we say that we love the Lord and we literally don't even acknowledge that his word is sitting there and it's filled with his commandments and we're not following them, then then what do we really love him and do we really know him? Um, I, I did a deep dive study back in around 2015, actually, about the word no. And I, I took it to the Greek and I took it to the Hebrew and I delved into cross references of words. I mean, it was a deep dive. Um, but one of the fascinating things about the word no in the Bible is in some uh, in some places, it's actually connected with the word identity. And mm -hmm. for us to know God to the extent that we we actually bridge that gap and make that connection and 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 see his character so plainly that it's part of it becomes part of who we are because we see it in him so we want to practice we change our you know we change what we're doing we pivot over to to being more like him and seeking after that and uh, and then it becomes part of our identity but so um knowing that though knowing that no pun intended um what would you say to someone who is just starting out that that is is looking for um, that connection back to God um, and finding that identity connection, like where would you encourage someone to start or what would you encourage them to begin doing? Because sometimes that can be overwhelming. Um, I would encourage them um, to begin to ask God to show himself, like to, to reveal, because God knows how to reveal himself to us in his own way, either through his word or through, you know, he speaks to us through other people. But I would start because that that's one of the things that I did when I really didn't understand um, everything about God. I had been raised in religion and not knowing how to build a relationship. So I began to pray and ask God to show me who he is. Just show me, you know, show me yourself mighty. Um and not just religious practices of, you know, going to church and, and then that's it. And we, we don't know anything else about him, who he is. And then he would begin to speak to me, to me through the word as well, through the scripture, as I read the scriptures, I believe I began in, um, the, it's been so long ago. Um, I believe I began in the book of John, um, where I began to see who is this Christ, you know, um, I remember saying, just give, give me Jesus. That's all. I, I don't want all of the other stuff that um, man has created, but give me Jesus. What does, you know, and so I began to read it and I came to understand 
you know, his love. And even through my, um, some of the things that I experienced in my life, I came to know that, you know, we may be going through something, but we won't know God's love. Um, like sometimes we come to know his love through that thing that we're experiencing. And um, when we begin to cry out to him, he begins to show himself. Sometimes we think God is just um, punishing us. I know that was me at first, um, punishing us or God doesn't love me or God doesn't. Um, if somebody else walked away from us, we feel like that's what God's going to do. But then he began to show me, um, show me his love. And so I think that's the most important is to experience his love to experience his love for us and not, and know that he loves us. There is, we can't even describe his love. We can't even wrap our mind around, around his love for us. Well, and I think you are spot on as far as that's concerned. You got to start somewhere. Everybody's got to start somewhere. And one of the things that, um, that can help us is just getting that right mindset and, and just shifting our focus. Mm -hmm. So I love those points that you, you didn't say that specifically, obviously, but yeah, I see that it's, it's really one of those things, um, that comes back to, the term that you will find in, in uh, a lot of churches, different, you know, flows of denominations and stuff, but the combination of the word heart and the combination of the, uh, combined with the word posture. So it's heart posture. Mm -hmm. And um, it just becomes this thing where, you know, you're seeking after you want to, you desire um, mm -hmm. to know these things for yourself. Um, I love that. That's great. And, and it's good sound counsel, you know, just take those small steps toward God and ask him to show up, you know, ask him to reveal himself and, and uh, <laughs> be okay with how he does, you know, who knows what he's wanting to dive you into first. Each person is different, man. Uh, you know, I, uh, I hear you when you're talking about the struggling thing and, and seeing it as a, as a negative um, but ultimately in this, you know, at this level of my walk with God, it's, it's like, you know, even the struggles are good mm -hmm. somehow, somehow, some way he always has something going on. And it's, it's more like we shift our, our language from why me God, or why did this happen to me God to what can I learn in this moment? You know, uh, what are you teaching me in this moment? Is there something that I'm not seeing? Show me, you know, teach me, lead me, guide me. It becomes that that request of a of a learning person. So uh, speaking of on your literacy um, podcast, I know that you and I talked about this a while back, that this was sort of like a heavy burden on your heart to get this, you know, going again. Um, and it's needed, of course, because we've got all of these generations coming up that hear about the word and almost by default, because of society, they're rejecting it. And there's that spirit of rebellion, spirit of rejection running rampant in our society here in the United States. Um, but what what would you what would you say is one of the biggest uh, struggles when it comes to Bible literacy, like actually comprehending it and, and making it, you know, written on the tablet of your heart, you know, deep seated in you to where you just know that, you know, that, you know, these things, what's the, what's the biggest block that you've found? 
Well, um, from the perspective of um, we've done the research from the I'm an English teacher, reading teacher as well. And so one of the biggest things that we found is there's a comprehension um, gap. And so um, sometimes there's the words that are used in the, the scripture that people may not understand. Sometimes we're just reading pieces of the word and not the entire text. So we're taking it out of context. And so, um, and then there's times where we are do, dealing with we're, we're dealing with the culture of the time versus what is the command of God and what's the, you know, what's the expectation of God in that, in that sense. So I think the biggest block is there is a literacy gap. Um, we see it. Um, we've done the research. I, I, the average, um, I think when you're writing a, a book, the average level should be, should be around sixth to eighth grade, nothing higher. So if, some people are coming to the word as in a lower comprehension um, and then they're struggling. And so um, God began to lay that on my heart as I was walking around my class one, one day, my, my English class some years ago and um, trying to, we teach the kids literature, but God said, what about my word? You know, what about, and he began to press on my heart to, um, to create um, strategies for people to come to, um, just like we teach kids how to tackle text, we, we, there's strategies that can, uh, we can use to tackle um, God's word, not in the sense of um, rewriting anything about the Bible, but just a strategy. So, you know, what's the topic of this scripture that I just read, things like that to help them kind of guide them through the scripture. So that's one of the things that's really, really, really um, even in our classrooms is, is, uh, is a struggle. That's, that's true. I mean, we've, we've had, uh, here in Oklahoma, in the state of Oklahoma, I know that they, um, changed some standards on the testing and everything due to the reading comprehension mm -hmm. and understanding. And so, um, you know, I don't want to say that, that we're failing our, our children, of course, in that capacity, um, and I know that there's plenty of advocacy groups out there that are looking to help improve that, you know, around the United States. And I, I'm, I commend you for your efforts for making an impact there in, in Georgia um, because it's needed. It just is. And there's got to be a way to bridge the gap from being, you know, a, a 2000 year old or whatever document to, uh, you know, common terms, common language. And I think that that's one of the things where we're sort of missing the use in our, uh, you know, in our churches, in our church bodies that, that, yeah, we get people in the door and um, everybody starts, you know, coming on Sundays and Wednesdays, they'll get plugged in somewhere, but that discipleship that, right. you know, coming alongside them and pouring into them, you know, words of truth and, and sharpening them, holding them accountable to the word, mentoring them to grow into that spiritual awareness of this relationship with God through Jesus. You know, it's just a missing piece. And it's because everybody spreads so thin, um, I think. And then, of course, you've got areas that are, you know, smaller than others and, and there's not too many people there anyways in the first place. So, there's that. But, you know, even um, well, as you were talking about that, you know, gap bridging and trying to meet people where they're at, you know, um, it brought up to that reference where, um, 
in Romans where it's talking about, I'm speaking to you in human terms. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a great value in doing that. If you, if you can, if you call yourself a teacher or preacher, you know, and this is just for in general, or if you are ministering the gospel, you know, the word of God out there, uh, is wise to invest sufficient time in order to acquire the knowledge so far down deep in your bones that you can teach it on a sixth right. or eighth grade level, or even actually, you know, if you need to break it down to a newborn Christian, you know, from the milk basis, it needs to be so, so easy and flowing through you that, mm-hmm that you can do that. And uh, I think that that's missing as well. You know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? Like, uh, I know that there's a lot of gaps. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're starting somewhere, obviously, which is fantastic. Um, But what would you encourage a pastor or minister or teacher that's sort of understaffed and um, spread thin? Uh, to do or to look for? Um, I would always say never like assume that people are understanding because sometimes when people are ministering, they are speaking with um, very like large vocabulary. But I would say they do something as simple as when you say a word, um, you know, just say, well, you know, I just want to explain what this word means. And so kind of break it down as you're going because I think that will help. Um, I've been in situations where I've um, been speaking or I've been speaking to a group of kids um, doing a Bible study. And I do that. I do that often. And the kids will say, oh, now I get it. And then um, allow, I think, honestly, there should be more of a dialogue so that people can ask questions. So they can say, they can ask, be comfortable asking questions about the scripture that was just read because, um, you know, that's another strategy for it to get in when you're able to ask questions and get clarity on it, then it's getting in um, where there's better understanding of it because there's so many scriptures that are taken out of context simply because people don't understand it. They don't understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's it's interesting how you know uh, they'll there are preaching styles that will literally um, use one scripture, one verse, or maybe even two or three single verses that are spread out that correlate, which is is great for agreement purposes. We always want you know the scriptures that we're preaching on and the topics that we're preaching on to correlate with one another and validate one another, right? Um, so it, it's its own witness, you know, two or three witnesses and you got that confirmation. Right. Um, but I, I find it interesting to where if we're not careful, that can actually be a stumbling block for the congregation um, or the viewers. If we're talking about digital ministry or the readers, if we're talking about writing. And so um I caution against that. And it sounds like you would probably do the same. There's so much value in context. And you already brought that up at the very beginning, how that is one of the issues. You know, they don't read it in full context and uh, and take certain scriptures that way. Um, do you feel like there is a, there is a, a overarching like 
one size fits all solution for that? I mean, what, what are your thoughts about that? Um, I don't think it's a one size fit all, but I think we have to come down to, um, the, the think more like the, the audience, what does the audience need? What does the, the people need versus how we, you know, wrote it. And I, and I guess that's from the teacher side of me is, is there anything in what, in my sermon that I can break down even more? Um, for somebody in the audience. So I, I think it, some people may not necessarily like it because some, uh, you know, adults may not feel like they need that, but there's somebody out there in the audience that does need that. And so doing it in a way that is not offensive in a you know what I mean? But to, to say that, you know, you're trying to get it across to everybody. So I think it, um, I think, there i can see that there would be people that already have that comprehension or maybe have um more small groups like you were mentioning where you're helping those individuals who don't really understand what's going on and maybe people being willing to say i don't understand you know kids are more willing to say i don't get it but adults not all the not all adults are willing to say i don't understand right right I totally get it. Yeah. It's hard to get past that. Like it, it could be, it's that temptation to be um, uh, worried about everyone and what they'll think about you. Um, embarrassment, you know, all sorts of kinds of things and the whole what if scenario bombards you. So it, it does, does get intimidating to say that. So that leads us to a great subject pivot though to weaknesses and, and and the value of weaknesses so you wrote a book and it's uh talking about the sufficiency of his grace mm -hmm. and what that looks like you know obviously in action and so share your heart behind that a little bit about what you know what inspired you to write that and maybe even part of your testimony for the audience well, um, Sufficient Grace was um, inspired by me experiencing what's called endometriosis. And endometriosis, and the character in the story has endometriosis, but it's a condition that they still don't know, like it's just scar tissue in the, in the um, uterus area that causes infertility. And so um, there's lots and lots of women in the world who have it. And it was inspired because God laid on my heart to, you're now going to tell your story. Because um, when I was, my husband and I, we got married very young. And when I was, I think I was about 23, I, we miscarried our first child. And um, then we found out about the endometriosis and the doctor said we couldn't have children and any more children. And hence, God stepped in and said, not so. And our son is 18 today. Um, and so um, over the years, I didn't want to talk about my experience, that experience, because I thought it was personal, very personal to me. Um, and when God laid it on my heart last year to begin writing Sufficient Grace, and I said, God, why is it, why, why are you calling it sufficient grace? And um, it, it came from the scripture with Apostle Paul first. And that was the first scripture. And now I'm going to read it because um, the book is right here. <laughs> so the scripture is, um, hold on. 
So he had me go and, and really search the um, meaning of grace. Um, and grace is to give favor, to obtain favor, merciful kindness, and unmerited, undeserved favor. So it's not that we deserve it, but it was just God, um, him giving it to us. You know, it's not that some sometimes we think we deserve something. Um, like our kids, when we're our kids are growing up, well, I, you know, I was good today. And sometimes we think we just deserve things, but God's, um, you know, with us is his grace. And so it was 2 Corinthians 12 and 8, where he began to um, give me what Apostle Paul said. Um, and over the years, for years and years in my life, um, I kept saying, God, take this from me, take away you know, this endometriosis, why do I have to deal with it? Because it came with so many other issues. And um, as I was, he was giving me the vision for sufficient grace. Um, I went and I picked up the scripture. I knew the scripture, but I went and read it again. And it says three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. So when sometimes God's glory is for God's glory, it's not um, that we think we're being punished by God, but he's going to be glorified in our lives. And so he began to say, I want you to write this story so people can see that it's my grace. It's not... Um, the doctors can't heal endometriosis because it's just not possible that right now there's no cure for it. And um, but he said, my grace, I want you to write it where they see that I am still a healer. I am still a healer um, and that this is not. And that's that's was the other scripture that I um, sent you uh, um, where it's not unto death or it's not something that's going to um in in death from that person but when jesus heard this he said this sickness is not so it's not a to death or spiritual death because i went through depression i went through years of depression um but for the glory of god so it goes back to both scriptures being his glory him being glorified and some sometimes we have to step back and let god be glorified in our lives and know that Whatever steps he's going to take us through, wherever we're going with it, wherever he's going to take us in that those steps, that his grace is all we need for the journey. Because sometimes, um, you know, when it says for his glory, because sometimes we'll say, well, I did X, Y, Z, and God will take away all your options so that his glory can be, you know, um, so people can see his glory. And I believe that's that's really what um, he did in my life. And also I've gotten great feedback from um, readers about sufficient grace. I actually had a lady who emailed me and said, oh my God, I took notes as I was reading this story. And she said, I believe that if God could do it for me, for, for the, the character in the story, that he could, his grace is sufficient for me too. So, um, and that was, and I said, that's all God wanted me to do is if it's one person that it reaches, then it's done its job. Amen. That is glory to God right there. 
I, I really find it fascinating that you're, you know, you've written this book and gotten it out in this season. Um, there's a lot going on to where God's going to, you know, get us to the point where, you know, he's it. That's it. That's mm-hmm. the only way. And um, you, of course, are really meditating on trusting in the Lord right now in this season and trusting in his power and mm-hmm. his capabilities in in that. What has been one of the most difficult temptations to not trust God that you he's walked you through in this season? Well, re, you know, recently, um, one, my, my, one of my nephews um, passed and he was an infant. And um, and so in that moment, I was like, oh, my God, like, you know, you see this little life and then suddenly this little life is gone. And um, so that rocked me. And um, and God just began to say, trust me, you know, trust me. I know I see the end from the beginning. And so that was one of the things that really, really, I think, really got me. I found myself crying and I said, God, I just I don't understand. I don't understand. You know, um, he's such an innocent, pure baby, you know. And um, but then there's a twin who's in the NICU. And, and so um, the twins survived and the way God, his grace is sufficient. Um, the way that it, it happened was they were in two different sacks and um, the other twin wasn't um, affected when, the, um, so one was born and suddenly the my sister's womb closed back up and the other one stayed in until the time came for um, the, you know, how the medical, there's like this medical uh, rule that they have to be certain time frame. Mm-hmm. And so um, her womb closed up with the other um, twin until that time frame. And that's how he, he wasn't able to, he was um, 22 weeks and that was the time frame. So he wasn't able to breathe on his own, but they took him to the NICU. And so he's still, he's there, he's, and the, the doctors are like amazed at what God has done. And so he showed me like, I got, I got it, I got it. Uh, you know, you don't see it. You can't see everything and nobody can see everything. I'm God and I can see the end from the beginning. And so that was one of the things that kind of shook me. Um, but I remembered that God brought me through the loss of my first child and how he can in even in situations like that he can draw us to his love and so that's one of the things he was reminding me of that's really good and those those remembrances and those moments are are just vital um i know that in loss and in grief it can be um really literally the only thing that you you have left um especially mm-hmm. when there's nothing else that you know it seems like there's nothing else tangible to hold on to in those moments um and and the temptation to fall into depression and to fall into despair and um all of those many you know uh, darker areas of life which if you've been there you can speak to it and if you you know haven't then obviously you, this makes no sense to you, but mm-hmm. um, I, I myself have been in those those moments, those seasons, and it is difficult to get out 
of those areas and um, and get back up on your feet and feel like even getting out of bed. Um, I mm-hmm. I can I can attest to seeing that in my other brothers and sisters in Christ who have endured similar you know scenarios and different things that are very traumatic loss. But loss in and of itself is a trauma. And so understanding that helps us to say, okay, I'm struggling. And the moment that we get to the point where we can admit that we are struggling, mm-hmm. that we are dealing with these things of, you know, depression, anxiety, uh, fear, um, all of these different things that follow, follow us down in that pit. Um, once we can admit it, then we can ask for the help that we need, whether it's from people around us and our support, you know, safe support circle, um, that can help us, you know, get back up or, or if it's, uh, that in a combination, you know, obviously God needs to be, uh, called upon, as you had said earlier, you know, the best time, you know, to call on him is, is in those, those places, mm-hmm. even though the loss itself tempts us to be angry at God or tempts mm-hmm. us to blame him. Um, because, you know, if our faith is as, as strong as we say it is, and we believe that he is all powerful, all knowing. He, he is the beginning and the end. Um, he is the that which you know takes and gives. You know, <laughs> he taketh and he giveth the way. Right? Um, it's uh, if we believe these things to be true, then sometimes it, that's what the enemy says: is oh, it's God's fault. He could have stopped this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, um, what ha- what helped you though? Was there a certain particular scripture to hold on to? Are these some tried and true uh, scriptures that that got you through some of this struggle um, or was there some more? Um, Well, my um, one particular scripture is um, I know the thoughts. That's one of the scriptures that kept coming to my spirit as, as this was going on, as I know the thoughts I think towards you, thoughts of peace and not to be able to give you an unexpected end. And so it was to, encourage my sister because she was, you know, she went through different, she's still going through certain emotions, but, um, but encouraging, knowing that he knows us, he, he knew us before we were formed. And so um, I just found myself just coming. I, 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 I tell people, people laugh at me because I come in my office and I sit on the carpet and I open my Bible and talk to the Lord. So, <laughs> and so this my car. I just I said I'm going to the carpet. I'm closing the door. I'm going to the carpet because I just need to talk to God and and He'll give you comfort. Um, that's one of the scriptures that came to me the most. Is I know the thoughts I think towards you. So I'm not a God who thinks thinks anger or or you know to destroy you or anything like that. But a God who um, has a plan for your life. And um, whatever that plan is, and however long your life plan is, I'm, I'm God. And so, um, and I was reading the scripture um, this morning, and it was just reminding again that, you know, he alone is God. He alone is God. No matter what you see happening around you, I am God. Um, and, and that, and I just said, and I was sitting and I said, God, I know you love us. I know you love us. And, and sometimes I think you're drawing us in the whatever we're going through. I, I really feel like you're drawing us to you, to yourself. Yeah. 
I, I think ultimately, if I had to sit here and really delve into it and evaluate my life, even the difficult times and the struggles and stuff, there's, I don't think I would be able to find one that, you know, God wasn't in it or didn't take it and do something with it, if that makes sense. Um, there was, there's always, there's always something. You know, mm -hmm. that he works through all, all of it and um, makes sure that it is, you know, not for that evil, but it's for our good, for, you know, our health, for our life. You know, he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we are his children um, through that adoption, you know, and, and he already he constructed all of this. He, he like, you're so far away from me. You've been operating, you know, on your own. You've been doing your own thing. You're so far away from me. You refuse to come back to me, but I'm going to make it really easy for you. It won't be anything that you earn or deserve. And it won't be anything, you know, that you can, um, you know, uh, do in your own strength. That's going to be apart from you, but for you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it's just beautiful how he orchestrated the whole thing with Jesus um, and bridging the gap where, where we all fall short. So um, right. I just, right. I find that so encouraging, you know, to think about, you know, God loves us and he'll meet us where we're at, even in the middle of, of a pit of despair or, or desperation or depression or whatever it is that, that you're struggling with. So um, in my experience, I can attest to that goodness of God. And it sounds like you can as well uh, from yours. So, so uh, final thoughts on our conversation today, sis, what would you say to someone right now? What's Holy Spirit dropping in you? <laughs> um, I would say, no, you know, as I, I would, um, repeat, you know, as I said earlier, is no matter what we experience in this world, in this life, the world may try to tell us that God is not real, or if God was real, why would he allow this, that, you know, we know a lot of things are going on, but he is still God. I just, that, I just have to keep saying that he is still God. Um, not, there is no other God that's greater than him. And so, um, if we would just simply, you know, encounter, just just ask him to show up and show up mightily. He will. He did for me. He did it in my life oh, more than once. Um, and sometimes he is, as April was saying, is um, bringing us back, bringing us back. And sometimes we don't realize that um, he's bringing us back. I remember when my my dad had passed or before my dad passed and um I had, God had revealed to me that my dad had become an idol to me. And because of his, you know, I was so like afraid and not, I was angry that my dad was dying and, and God began to reveal to me that he's my creator. He's my father. He, he loves me with an everlasting love, but my, and he had given my dad to me for just a time. And, um, and I, I would have never thought I would be saying that you know, saying those words that God changed my heart um, and to draw more to love to him and, you know, loving him even more, even the more. But sometimes we just have to have that heart posture and to get to him for ourselves, not anybody else. Just get to him. Um, get rid of all the noise. Get rid of all of the everything that's going on. Um, he's not religion. 
He is not religion. He is, it is a relationship. Just like when we are, you know, April and I are both married and um, we got to know our husbands. We, we walk with them. We talk with them. We spend time with them. God is, is even greater with God. So we, we have to, you know, get to that place of bowing and getting at his feet and allowing him to move all the stuff, all of everything that has been from our past to our present, allow him to clean, clean and, and transform our lives. So that would be my final thought. That's good. All right. Well, so where can folks find you at? You want to go ahead and let them know? So you can um, connect with me on um at um, author Denise Walker at, um, there's two places, Instagram and Facebook. And I also have a TikTok, but I don't post this much on TikTok. Um, but I do, for my Bible literacy, I do have a TikTok that I share different videos and that's DM Walker Hope um, at, um, on TikTok. But you can, again, follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Those are the places that I'm really, really um, active. And like I said, if you want to um, check out some of my literacy videos, they are on TikTok. And I do share them also to Facebook Reels and um, and also to um, um, Instagram Reels as well. I've done Facebook Reels and Instagram Reels, but I haven't even delved into adding another platform. TikTok, oof, that's its own thing. Like, <laughs> But I'm glad that you're over there because there's so much content, um, you know, audience out there. There's millions and millions of followers over there that, that need that literacy that you're talking about that you and I were discussing. And then, of course, uh, your website, right? Mm -hmm. You can find her at Denise mwalker.com you guys and then her books that she has are on amazon and the website they'll be available for you to purchase as well and encourage her heart with uh, all of the time investment that she's done with writing this book and the others that she's done you guys i'm telling you writing is its own thing it takes it takes a minute. So <laughs> it's a long process sometimes. So thank you so much, Denise. And I appreciate you. And you guys just remember you are not alone. I don't know what you're going through or what you got going on today, but you were, you will never be alone. God says that he is, he is Emmanuel. God with us is what that, that means. And so what does it look like to know that God is with us? He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He loves us and he is there for us always and meets us exactly where we are at. All we have to do is turn to him. All we have to do yeah. is call on his name. All we have to do is you know, repent from any of this old, this old stuff, the, the world's stuff, as soon as it's brought to us, you know, like we don't want any of that. We just want God. Right. So it's, it's not complicated. Don't let anybody complicate it for you. And, uh, and if you need things that are helpful to soak up the word of God and get it down in your heart and soak it up in your bones and know that, you know, that, you know, then connect with her on TikTok at that awesome Bible literacy tag. Let me bring it back up again. DM Walker Hope, you guys. Follow her on TikTok. Okay, you guys. Alrighty. Until next time.
We are out. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of RSVP Show. We hope these moments of reflection and stillness for victory and pursuit of God were a blessing to you. Stay connected with April at April D. Metzler through social media. New music singles and her debut music album are available to add to your favorite playlist on streaming platforms. And you can get a copy of her book wherever books are sold. Learn more about the great things she is doing to bless God and his people on her website at aprildmetzler.com. Thank you for joining this visit with us. Always remember, God loves you.